This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. UWA-517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want to report. Ares-31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Negative. We want to report one of those either. Uh, Ares-31, do you wish to file a report of any kind? Over. I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. Number 71, pop the golf, good. Yeah, there was anybody uh, above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago. Number 71, pop the golf, negative. Okay. Pop this. A UFO. Yeah. It's murder 295. Yeah, something just passed over. So, uh, like a, don't know what it was, but it's at least two, 3,000 feet above us. So yeah, I passed right over the top of us. 911, Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at 
ufochronicles at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone, wherever in the world you are listening from tonight. Our guest tonight is Jamie from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In the fall of 1991, Jamie and his friends went out for a night of paranormal adventure, but ended up getting lost on a logging road in the middle of nowhere, where they witnessed a UFO in the woods. But first we will be hearing from Richard's submission from Alberta in Canada, of a strange and terrifying encounter at his family home in 1969, at the age of six. Uh, my story starts off in 2017 and kind of goes backwards. I kind of have to tell it that way. Um, in 2017, I was working a case. I, I'd been remote viewing and uh, I'd really been bothered by this one case in my hometown and I uh, decided to get help for it. So I ended up miraculously getting one of the best remote viewers in North America. Uh, there's a group of three of them and she agreed to help me. Um, so anyway, long story short, after we finished this, you know, this objective of, of looking for this missing person, she asked me, she said, is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, I, you know, I really hate to impose, but I said, yeah, there is. Um, it was just out of the blue. So, I, if you know how remote viewing works, uh, what I did is I gave her coordinates. She had no idea what I was tasking her. It could have been a baseball or a pineapple or the Titanic. So when I tasked her with this event that happened to me when I was six years old, she came back with what was a perfect description of it. So that's when I knew, see, I'd buried this memory for over, well, 50 years. I'm 56, so 50 years. And uh, she nailed it. Uh, what she was really surprised at was the uh, sheer amount of craft that were there. And that's, that's how I knew she had nailed it, because there were three huge craft, but uh, there were so many more. I mean, it looked like a circus in the sky. I was watching it at about 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, in July 1969, out my bedroom window when I was six years old. But I'll actually talk about the event now. Now, it was like any other summer night. Uh, I mean, I live further up north. I'm from Canada, uh, Alberta, Canada. And uh, so I'd gone to sleep, and I just... I couldn't sleep that night and I rolled over and I just lying, I think on my stomach and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a star moving and I had, uh, we lived in a two uh, level house and on the top level was my bedroom, my sister's bedroom and my mom and dad. And so this one star it just catches my eye and then it, keeps getting bigger and bigger and uh pretty soon it comes right down and it's a fairly large craft it's extremely bright though it's like a star but it's like looking at the sun uh, then another uh, ship about a third of the size came in from the east and another ship came in from the east and one from the west and then just a ton of craft came into view and i'm watching this from my 
bedroom window, I had a very unobscured view of this whole thing taking place. So by that time, I'd gotten out of bed and I was watching this in my seersucker pajamas. And uh, so the colors were just unimaginable. It was like a kaleidoscope, but deeper than that. Like the colors, these ships were flashing. And they're doing like uncontrolled, crazy moves. Like uh, 90 degree turns, 180 degree turns. And the little drones that they were with, they had these little round drones that were different colors and that would flash. So finally, when everything settled down, they were kind of in place. And then these other ships are still flitzing about. And I'm watching all this from the floor of my bedroom. I'm just standing up looking through the window. But at some point during that time, uh, my room was pitch black. So I, and I didn't have curtains. Didn't need them, I guess, because we were on the second floor. But, uh, as I'm watching this at some point, it's been about five minutes and I'm six years old. And I, I mean, to me, this is just wild. But at some point, I get the feeling like I can see the colors dancing all around my room like as a reflection from these things. At some point, I feel like, can they see me? I hope they can't see me. And then I get a second wave or feeling is like, yeah, they can't they see me. And they're looking at me right now. I can't tell you how I knew that, but I knew that. And then it got even more worrisome. It was, yeah, they can see me and actually i'm the reason that they're there <laughs> that's kind of what came into my head then it was around that time i'd been watching lights for about five minutes or so then about five minutes into this i hear a noise in the back alley we had a, a long back alley that ran behind our house and this is four in the morning keep that in mind and i know the sounds of my neighborhood really well and I uh, hear a noise, and we have this long path that leads up to our house, a brick brick path that my dad had built. And all of a sudden, I hear this, what sounds like shuffling. It wasn't walking. It was more of a shuffle. But I knew there was a group of them in the back alley. And then I hear the clinking on the gate, the latch on the gate. Well, by that time, I had jumped up on my bed to look so I could look down into the yard to look at our uh, gate and stuff and I knew they were coming all of a sudden so what turned into this thing beautiful thing that I was watching all of a sudden just turned into sheer terrifying panic so I ran right off the end of my bed to get my parents I hadn't even thought about them up till that point but I knew I needed protection if these things were coming. So I went to wake up my dad and my mom. Neither would budge. It was like they were comatose. I pushed on them. I screamed everything. I tried to get their attention. But I knew I was under time constraints because these things, if they were at the gate, would you know, they're coming in. So I ran to my sister's bedroom after that, and it was exactly the same thing with her. She was, It was like she was knocked out, but her eyes were open. That's what was so weird as I was shaking her and screaming and saying, there's things out there, and she wouldn't wake up. So finally, I panicked to the point where I, 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 I ran. It was just raw, unfiltered emotion. I ran down our stairs. I looked left, 
towards the back door and we had this huge window that went right down to the floor and I thought, what a bad window to have. But anyway, so I very quickly ran into our living room, then ran down three more stairs and went out the front door and I made sure the front door wouldn't hit the wall or make noise. So I got outside, I'm in my pajamas, bare feet, and I want to start running and I start kind of hopping, but then something's keeping me back, I think. I won't be fast enough to get away from them. They'll catch me. I need my bike. <laughs> Can you imagine? So I creep around the side of the house to where our front gate is. And I know that my bike is parked up against the house facing the backyard like it always is. And, uh, and, I, and I'm just absolutely terrified. I, I know they're in the backyard now and I don't want to see them. So I run and I grab my bike and I turn it around. You know how you kind of pick up your bike and turn it around and I throw my legs over and go to start pedaling. And just as I do, something grabs the back of the loose part of my pajamas like a hand and it got a pretty good grip too. But what I think startled me and, and made me even jump right out of my skin is that I had looked and there was nothing there. So for it, whatever it was to move that fast to where I was, it just terrified me. So anyway, I was very strong and I kept pedaling and it lost its grip. And I was able to ride out through the front gate of our yard onto the driveway and I pedaled down about a half block underneath a street light that we had there because first of all, I was worried that this thing was still chasing me. And then I thought maybe if I looked back at the house, I could see them in front of the house now. And then I remembered I left the front door open and I was just worried about them getting in the house. But see, at that point, I was six years old. I thought my parents might be dead. I thought my parents were dead and my sister was dead and I was next and I, I, I'm just shaking sitting on my bike underneath this street lap on my banana bike and uh, I'm looking to either go left or right to the main road where I would try to flag some down but it's 4 in the morning and I live in this little town it's only 10,000 people course now our city's like 70 or 80,000 but back then it wasn't and we didn't have near the light pollution either I mean when you saw the stars you saw them and these ships were still there um, but I'd gotten away now at this point the dream or not a dream this I, I know this wasn't a dream because I remember every aspect of right till right now 50 years later but it kind of bicates into bicates is that a word i don't know anyway it uh, splits into two different endings one where i get away on my bike and i come back in the morning and after staying away for quite a while when the lights out and walk in and everything's fine and i go back to bed and the other one it just ends where i'm underneath the street light looking back at our house worried about my family anyway I can't even describe to you the level of terror that I felt as a six-year-old. Um, one other side note is that I had re regressive hypnosis. I had 
three sessions in a larger city that I drove to to get this done, I had, uh, after I confirmed it with the remote viewers and everything else, I set up a progressive hypnosis. So the story continues. Check this out. So I go to get this done. The second day I'm there, I have a really good breakthrough, and I, she regresses me back to that night in 1969 when I was six years old. And, uh, I, you know, I relive it. I'm a 50-year-old man and a six-year-old boy at the same time. It's crying. It was terrible. It all came back to me. So that night at my hotel, I still have one more session left the next day. I, I can't sleep again. So I go outside to have a cigarette. As I'm having the cigarette, I'm just lighting it. Something catches my eye. And it's a giant V-shaped craft. Dropped down from height. And it dropped down in such a weird manner. It was like a real strobe-like or staccato type movement. So it kind of dropped off down like a falling leaf almost. Anyway, this thing was V-shaped. It wasn't triangular. It was an actual V-shaped craft. It wasn't lit up, but the streetlights were lighting it up. That's how low it was. And it looked like it was gunmetal gray. It was about 100 to 150 feet long. And it was not that high up, and it was not that far away from me. I was having a cigarette behind the hotel near a streetlight down there. So I watched this thing fly off, and I thought... Well, this can't be a coincidence. And I really don't think it was a coincidence. I think either through MUFON or through email, someone's monitoring something. Because the last UFO I saw was in 1992. And that was quite a spectacular sighting as well, fairly close up. Anyway, I know this story is extremely long, but I had to tell it from backwards to forwards. Thanks for listening, and uh, I hope I described it aptly. Um, the ships and the colors is something I'll never forget. It's almost like the colors that they were flashing were so deep. I might have even seen colors that don't exist. It, it's almost a language. That's what I got from it. Um, the vibration and the coloration to the I mean they were changing like cuttlefish like you know really strobing rapid different colors and that's what I'll pull away from that but I'll also never forget being terrified and having that thing grab my pajamas thank god I got away or at least I think I got away I've got more regressive hypnosis planned and that should punch through to what happened after that all right, and if I get that done, I'll let you guys know. I know this is long, but I had to send the whole thing. Okay, over and out. Love this podcast, by the way. Thank you, Richard. Before we make our way over to Louisiana, I would like to thank Keith from the UK for leaving a kind five-star ratings and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps to show out and makes us more visible to future listeners and guests. If you enjoy the show and you would like to help support the podcast on Patreon, you can do this for as little as $1 a month. Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash UFO Chronicles podcast. 
You can also find a link in the description of this episode below. Any help is very much appreciated. Now, on with the show. Show, Jamie. Oh, sure. Um, my pleasure to be here. Great to have you on today. Uh, now you're calling from Louisiana. Correct. Yes. And your sign occurred in 1991. Would you like to start there and tell the audience what you were doing and, and what you experienced, please, Jamie? Sure. Um, so I'll have to backtrack just a bit to say that I had the the fortune or the the misfortune, however people take it, of Growing up in a haunted house, like a, a a bona fide, you know, haunted house, and most of my friends that came over on a regular basis um, had all experienced crazy things in my house, <laughs> and um, and I think because of that, just because of the the situation that we were often exposed to, we were kind of ended up being kind of drawn to the paranormal in general. And because of that, we would often do, we were some of the first people I ever knew of that would actually do like, you know, what they could, what they call ghost hunting now. And so we, this was one of the things that we just kind of enjoyed doing on the weekends. And so they're going from here to 1991. Um, there was a, this was on the weekend. It was um, Friday night, if I remember correctly. And also to preface what I'm fixing to say, I do not know a hundred percent if this were, if this event was a paranormal event or a UFO event. So the consensus between myself and the three other people that were with me felt like it was a UFO event. Um, not exactly positive though. So that night we had left out to go to a very um, um, well-known paranormal area, um, which was um, a cemetery called Sand Hill. And Sand Hill was just kind of renowned for having, you know, craziness happen. And we'd go out there oftentimes at night and were very rarely disappointed. We went out there this night and... Um, this was one of those rare events where we were completely disappointed. Nothing, it was very dull, nothing going on. We left there and went just probably a mile away as another relatively known cemetery for the same type of stuff. It's called Salem, of course. <laughs> and um, we were towards the back of the cemetery and I, um, somebody had made a joke and I said, well, wouldn't it be funny if like we the reason why is because this cemetery in the in the past had an actual problem that was documented by the um, by the local sheriffs. People had dug up at least one grave for some reason or another. There was all kind of speculation of why, you know, um, witchcraft and all sorts of things like that. But so we were talking about that, and I said, "Wouldn't it be funny if we?" found you know one of these graves that were dug up tonight and i will be damned if it wasn't my buddy had a flashlight and had shown it down 
exactly the one we were standing by was a double plot and it had um, a, a marble, a thick marble top on it that somebody had busted in with something, maybe a sledgehammer or something of that nature and pulled back that slab and had dug out like the bottom half of this grave. And it was pretty shocking. And uh, once we kind of got over the, you know, the, the, the shock of seeing this and everything, uh, my friend Mark was going to try to be, you know, kind of, kind of, um, oh, look how awesome I am. And, you know, he wanted to be tough. And he, so he got down and he was going to act like he was going to grab this broken piece of marble and pull it back some so we could see on the inside. And what happened, since it was at night and it had, it was pretty dewy that night, he was standing on the marble edge border. He fell in head first. <laughs> and, uh, and so to us, it looked like something had reached and grabbed him and pulled him in. <laughs> and um, so it was a pretty funny event. You know, like we all ran away about 20 yards or so. <laughs> he, he thought that uh, we were going to leave him to die. <laughs> but, you know, once we recollected ourselves from that, Mark had told me, hey, I heard of this story of this house in a town that was um, – uh, about 20 miles north of where we were, he said, I heard a story of this house that had been built on a Native American Indian mound that burns down. And every time somebody tries to build a new house or something else on that Indian mound, it burns down. If you, you know, want to go check that out. And we didn't really have anything, you know, anything. We, we went out this night for this kind of stuff. So we left to go up to Greensburg and um, on the way out there, so there were four of us, and we were crammed in a little tiny car. It was a Ford Festiva. And Mark and I were sitting in the back. He was to my right. On the way up there, I noticed Mark was started acting kind of weird. He kept looking. It was like he was looking for something out of the window, um, but he wasn't saying anything about it. Um, I just watched him. And after a little while, he looked very perplexed, and he finally said, guys, I know you're going to think I'm lying, but I just saw a light fly through the sky and fly behind the moon. And so we were all like, <laughs> you know, okay, whatever, Mark, you know. And um, he was kind of put off that we didn't really believe him, but I could tell that from that point on, he was actually – he was visibly concerned and he kept looking around and every once in a while he would say something like, Hey, there it is right there. And we would look and it would be anything. And so we ended up on, um, we, we couldn't find the place that we were originally looking for. So we ended up just kind of driving around out there in the middle of nowhere. We turned down an old gravel road, um, which was a logging road. Um, and also went back to some hunting leases and stuff like this, so a very rural area, very rural. And we turned on this road. And, and also, I'm going, to, I'm going to be very honest about the things that I remember very vividly and the things that I, I, don't, I don't really recall that well. I did speak to my best friend who was with us not too long ago to kind of see how he remembered the events. And I talked to Mark and, you know, just to kind of uh, make sure that my memory and, and their memory still kind of synced up on things. And so we were on this this gravel road, and it was really out in the middle of nowhere. The, 
the moon, by the way, I'll, I'll mention the moon was very, very bright, full moon. So you could see things very well. Um, it wasn't like everything was pitch black out. We're on this gravel road and up ahead to the left, there was this church, very small, little white church off to the left. We stopped before we got to the church because we were talking about which direction we wanted to go. Did we want to turn around and go back the way we came? Because we were pretty lost up in these logging roads. And um, so we were stationary on the road there. Mark said, look, there it is. And he was pointing out my window. And my best friend, John, said, holy crap, I just saw it. And I couldn't see it because their angle looking looking in that direction, the tree line was too close to me. I couldn't see what they were seeing because apparently it was just above the tree line. And they described it as a light, like a ball, like a sphere. He said, as soon as Mark said, look, there it is, it zipped back below the, the tree lines. You couldn't see anything. And I didn't see it at that point. And neither did the driver. His name was also John. Um, and so John said, well, let's go back the way that we came, get back to the main road. So we drove up to the church, which was probably you know, 50 yards or so away from us. We drove up to the church, turned around at the church driveway and started going back the way that we came. And it was at that point that I remember John, the, uh, the passenger in the front seat, was looking up, kind of looking, trying to look up above the car through the front windshield. He said something along the lines of, I don't know what I'm seeing right now. What is this? Is this the moon or what am I looking at? Then he said, I think it's right above the car. I didn't see anything at that point either, but he was saying it was above the car. I never did see it at that point. We drove from where we were at back the way that we came and back to the main highway, which was uh, Highway 10. When we come out on the highway, we took a left going west, and we're traveling down the highway, and to our right was pasture land um, that was, it's quite a bit deep. It was probably five or 600 yards of pasture land and then a tree line for forest. And as we're going down the road, I saw something out of the corner of my eye zipping through the sky. As soon as I saw it, Mark said, look, there it is. And I was already in the process of turning my head to see we all were. And I saw this sphere. It looked like it kind of looked like a soft white light bulb is the best way I can describe it. If you've ever looked at a soft white light bulb, it doesn't produce like those light streamers whenever you look at it. It's soft. It produces light, but it's soft, and you can see, you can even see like the edge of the bulb and all that. You could see the perfect edge of the sphere. It was flying through the sky at just some unimaginable speed. It, the best way I can describe it is a zip, because when I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I turned to look at it, it literally went zip and then stopped on a dime. Like it just stopped like it was frozen in the sky. And that's whenever everybody could see it very clearly, the shape of it, everything. 
this all happened when Mark said, look, there it is. It just zipped and froze in the sky for maybe maybe a couple of seconds. It was long enough to see it very, very clearly. And then it zipped down at that same rate of speed down towards the ground and behind the tree line. So it was at least about 600 yards away from us. At that point, you know, if you had to compare it in size, it looked like maybe a baseball or so. And so how big it actually was from where we were at, we don't know. It could have been as large as the car we were in or so. Um, but the, the one thing that really stuck out to my mind was the incredible speed and stop, the instantaneous stop that it came to. It's like zero point stop. It just zipped to a stop. It, it was really amazing, right? And then after that, it went down as fast as it was going in the sky towards the ground behind the tree line. And that was the last time that we saw it. But those that whole series of events from Mark originally seeing it to the time that we all saw it that last time was probably about somewhere around an hour because we were out driving around and getting lost in those um, log-in roads and all of that. And yeah, it was a, it was a pretty unique experience. Uh, we all witnessed the thing, um, and there are four of us, and I'm still in often contact with, with, with two of the people. And it's uh, one of the things that we discuss fairly regularly. It changed our, our outlook on, on, it's one thing to like, grow up in a haunted house and see all kind of weird things and experience like bed shaking and all that kind of stuff, you know, stuff flying off the walls and stuff. But when you're, when, when you see it with multiple people at the same time, like this event, it really, it did something to shape the way that we, that we saw the entire world. You know, I've been, ever since then, I've been very big and not just the paranormal and UFOs, but physics and uh, every kind of like spaced out theory you can possibly think of. I've been, I've delved into it one way or another because it all very intriguing to me. So as far as that event goes, that was, that was that story. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you 
know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. The light itself, did it seem it was um, actually being illuminated from within? Yes. Um, it seemed like it was illuminated from within, like it was emanating the light. And it was definitely intelligent. If I had to guess, I would have said that, and we've talked about this a lot, I would have said that there was no one occupying it. Like it seemed like it was its own thing. You know, I know that there are a lot of people, that there are some people out in the UFO community that discuss some UFOs being its own living organism. And if I would have had to compare it to anything, that's what I would have thought or assumed for it to have been. It doesn't mean that, it, uh, again, it, it, to us, there's a chance that it could have been some sort of a paranormal event. Um, if you separate the two categories from UFO to paranormal, um, but it felt it felt a little bit more mechanical, you know, in the way that it moved and operated and stuff. It was very, it was definitely intelligent. Everyone is convinced that it could hear what we were saying and that it had been playing with us the whole time. Because every time Mark would say something about, look, there it is, it, it would duck, it would, it would jut out, it would go behind a tree line or something like that. And it took a, a while before any of the rest of us ever saw it. So we feel like it could hear us and that it was just kind of like playing with us the whole time. Yeah, I mean, when you were saying about the paranormal, you know, I would have said something like spook lights, but they don't tend to travel at such high speed and then, like you said, stopping on a dime. Correct. And and that's that's kind of what we were we were kind of like what we were basing things off of because we've seen what people call spook lights. And it was not like that at all. And it didn't give the same, you know, spook lights, most people see them and they're just kind of seem to be kind of floating and meandering around and stuff like that. It wasn't like that at all. It was very mechanical, very fast, very deliberate type uh, movements. And so our conclusion as a group was we think it was UFO whether or not it actually had intelligent drivers or it was driving itself or whatever, I don't know. And there's another possibility to add to it is that up in that area, there is a, a town called Laranger that has a National Guard base on it. Just to kind of throw in something, right? It, it wasn't very far from us, just just several miles and could have been something that 
they were doing or working on or or something of that nature. Or it could be the reason why the UFO was in the area. I don't know. You know, this is just an added piece of information. It, it reminds me of the, remember the scout lights that are in um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind? I would say not not too far off from that. I think one of the things that was, you know, really interesting about that was it was the way it was emanating the light. And that was one of the things that, that we, we talk about relatively often. It, it was light. It was energy. But it wasn't offensive to the eyes or anything like that. Um, it, it didn't cause you to, you know, to squint to see, you know, try to see definition or anything like that. It was clearly the shape of an orb. Uh, again, the size, we don't know what the size was. If we had to guess, like I said, maybe about the size of the car that we were in, a little bigger, a little smaller, you know, just judging by how how far away we know it at least had to be, which was about 600 yards or so. Yeah, it can be quite difficult to judge without a real point of reference. Right. And so because of that, I've been fascinated with this stuff, of course, ever since then. Um, when you see something like that, I saw another UFO in 2005 when I was talking to my best friend on the phone outside my house. Um, I was talking to him on the phone and I was looking up to the sky off to the, which direction would that have been? The western sky, relatively close to the horizon, I saw what appeared to be a satellite. Except for, you know, you can see, when you can track a satellite across the sky, it's relatively slow moving. You know when you're looking at a satellite, I was looking at this thing and I thought it was a satellite at first because it was relatively bright and it was moving at a very, very high arc, but it was trucking, man. I mean, like it was trucking. And so I was trying to decide, is this a satellite or is this maybe a meteor, slower moving meteor kind of tracking across the sky? But I thought, no, nah, it's moving too slow to be a meteor. So I kept tracking and I told I told my friend John I was on the phone. I said, man, I'm tracking this really strange thing around in the sky. And it went straight up overhead about 12 o'clock. And then whenever it got to about 11 o'clock, it stopped and I could see it. It was there and it was stopped. And I was trying to figure out whether or not I, it was still moving, but it was at an odd angle to me. So I couldn't tell if it was moving or not. But after about 10 seconds or so, I, I figured, okay, it's just, it's just sitting there. It's not moving anymore. As I was trying to figure out what it was doing, I just saw it like a little burst of light. And then it took off like away from the earth at a, maybe a 30 degree angle. It just took off and you could see it leave and just disappear in the zip of a second. And that was a pretty fascinating thing to watch also. Yeah, I didn't sound like no uh, satellite I've ever seen. No, no. I, you know, I thought it was at first, but then, you know, after it stopped, I was like, okay, so something's up with this. But when it took off, I mean, when it 
took off. It, it was amazing because it just it just left at just this incredible speed, like blink of an eye type speed. So that was the two times that I believe I actually saw a UFO. That's great, Jamie. What is Baton Rouge like for, for sightings down in Louisiana? Very low key as far as that stuff goes. Um, there are not many sightings in this area, at least that are reported. You got to remember, this is kind of a, a rural area. And um, I would think that a lot of people, if they did see stuff like that, wouldn't report it anyway. <laughs> but even given that, I've not really ever talked to anybody from this area that has really seen um, anything significant. It's not like, you know, Florida is not very far away from here. It takes us three hours to get to Pensacola. Um, That area has sightings regularly, but over here, it's it's very quiet as far as that goes. Yeah, it does depend on where it's in which state because some tend to keep under wraps more than others. Right. Well, there's also not a lot going on over here, right? There's not a, there's not a, a military presence. There's not, you know, they don't do testing or any of that kind of stuff here. They don't, you know, you know, there's no, there's really nothing going on here. We, we thrive off of uh, the Mississippi river and, you know, petrochem plants and industry. And that's, that's kind of, what's our bread and butter here right is there a lot of woodland there is a lot of woodland um i would say that it's mostly woodland yeah my place to live that i do i love the countryside uh ours our terrain is also like super flat because we were the delta of the mississippi river and it's just super flat and lots of bayous and and um waterways and stuff like that around around south louisiana where i'm from all right okay where, where i'm from is called the cotswolds and it's a lot of a lot of hills a lot of greenery i think it's more probably closer to like how kentucky looks ah uh, yes it's been said uh, that's awesome i love that kind of terrain mm. yeah i like lots of green lots of greenery lots of trees right and lots of weird stuff so um maybe to to end off things i'll tell you because of my fascination about this stuff um, one time, I guess that was around 2005 also, maybe 2006, I had a dream. It was one of these dreams that, that you never forget. And I had a dream that I was standing outside my parents' house and this orb, pretty much like what we saw out that night, um, except for less intense for the brightness showed up i don't it's been a long time i don't really remember all the details i just remember it showed up somehow it was next to me and it was about a little bit larger than myself next thing you know i'm inside of it and again it was it was this shape it was it was powered all on its own but it was intelligent it had no driver or anything like that it was just an orb of energy and i'm inside of it and we take off flying. It wasn't like it abducted me. It would seem to be a mutual thing. It takes off flying and it flies into the earth. I mean, like it flies straight down into the earth. We're flying underground, so to speak. And I remember watching the 
the earth just like reform around us as we're flying through. And I'm, I'm talking to this craft, I guess is the best way to describe it. And it's, I'm, I said, how is this even possible? How are you doing this? And it's, it's telling me how it's doing it. And I remember all this math and numbers and stuff going through my head. We flew through there, through the earth for a while, and then we flew straight out of it. And I remember turning around and looking behind me at the earth as it disappeared into a blue dot. And I turned and looked the other direction that we were traveling, and there was a star upcoming, like super quick. We got from the earth to the star in a matter of, I don't know, four or five seconds, it seemed like. It's hard to tell in dreams, time frames, but it seemed like that. We were cooking. And we got the star was close enough to us that it was probably the size of a, a basketball or so. And then we we banked what I perceived to be like a hard right. And we flew straight towards another star. And the same thing happened once we got, you know, to within a certain distance of it. We banked another right and we f- proceeded from there to a space that we ended up in that was just the best way to describe it would be empty space. It was just blackness. There was no stars. There was no anything except for just this black empty space. Lots of these orbs, like we joined maybe 12 to 15 of them. And they were all kind of like, I remember all these orbs were kind of um, clear and they all had kind of a, kind of a tint to them. Like the one I was in was either bluish or purplish it's kind of hard to remember i remember seeing the other ones would have like a little bit of an orange tint or yellow or just different colors and they all started going around the one that i was in and they were telling me things just fascinating amazing things i remember all this math and formulas and everything just shooting through my mind and it was so much so so overwhelming that i woke up just like gasping for breath, woke up and for a short time, maybe 10 seconds or so, I could still remember all the things that were that was going through my mind. And I, I, I was tearing my dresser drawers to pieces, trying to find something to write on so I could write down anything. And I couldn't find anything. And, and, and I could just and I just felt it going away like it was being pulled out of my head. And it was very, it was a very sad moment. You know, I felt like for a second, for a brief, such a brief amount of time, I felt like I knew just impossible things. And then I, I could feel it being pulled out of my mind like a string. And um, so there's that. I just thought you'd like to hear that. It's <laughs> interesting. Was that just a one-off? It was just a one-off. Yes, sir. It never happened again, and I always, and I still feel like, Nick, I still feel like that information is in my head. I don't know how to get it out or anything like that, but I still feel like it's in there. It's locked away, locked away. Do you think it maybe had a connection to your, any of your sightings? Um, yes, but in what way, I don't know. Um, you know, I I only talk about this stuff with a select group of people because of the industry that I'm in and all that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the engineering business and stuff and, you know, you have to kind of keep your reputation intact, you know, 
Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, I feel like it was connected to that. And, and I still feel like it's in there. And I have even thought about maybe seeing a hypnotist or something of that nature to see if, if anything could be brought out. Because I'm telling you, man, I am telling you, a brief amount of seconds when I woke up, it was still in there. It was still there. And I can remember the, I can't remember what it was, but I remember the feeling and I remember seeing the numbers and the formulas and stuff like it, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> it was one of the most profound things that ever happened to me. Yeah, that's fascinating. If you ever do get hypnotherapy, you'd have to come back on and uh, tell us what they said. Oh, I, I definitely would because uh, I, I have a feeling it would be quite interesting. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate you coming on today. That's excellent. Well, I appreciate it, Nick. Um, it was fun. Um, I don't get to talk about it very often unless I'm talking to my friends that, you know, also experience the stuff. So, um, so yeah. And I thought, you know, it would be beneficial for other people out there to hear in case they have seen something similar or been through a similar experience. They could go like, hey, yeah, that's it. That's it right there. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, bud. That's great. Thanks so much, Jamie. You, you have a good evening now. All right. Take care. That is all for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, tell your friends about it, at least the open-minded ones anyway. I will be back next week with another witness encounter. Till next time, stay safe and keep watching them skies. Bye for now.
of independence to our land And we all saw change the game As you jumped upon his horse and asked his name He said, I'm Leopold And you're the man they sent to kill me, I've been told You're the only man I know won't fight for gold And that's why you're my best friend We've been brothers all along to the end And our path crossed once before It was many years ago before this war I gave you your name It's what I've gone so many miles to explain You're the son I never got to hold And your name is Leopold And at least before you killed me You were told At your side And behold my only son As he cries Your mother still waits for you Please tell her that you killed me When this is through She dreamed this Most every night Go and tell her that she was right We both sat on her horse late at night She always said it'd be you Who would run me through and take my life And lost my wife But that Is why I came To say hello Shake your hand And tell you your name Your name is Thank you.